the Bengals are off of a bye. College football is one week away from rivalry Saturday. Everything is going on. The Bengals are back. We're playing the Steelers. Everything is ramping up. LSU has officially clinched the SEC West. What is going on in our world? The Bills lost. The Bills game got moved. What is going on? Welcome back to the New Wincy Show. We're going to break it all down and talk about everything. Thank you so much. Let's get the show rolling. Good morning, afternoon, Astro. evening. I'm Garrett. This is the New Wincy Show. Yeah. Welcome back to the New Wincy Show. My name is G Money Garrett. Thank you all for joining us. Like I said earlier, we've got so much crazy stuff going on in the NFL and the college world. I'm so glad you guys keep tuning in. I'm so glad you guys are uh, you guys are loyal listeners and everything like that. And I appreciate everyone who joins in. So let's get started here. Um, college football is over for me. The Alabama Crimson Tide have officially. Uh, well, it was a long shot after they lost to Tennessee, but we would have had to win out. And then after that loss to LSU, we need to, we needed LSU to lose to Arkansas, and that didn't happen. So Alabama, for the first time, and it feels like forever, is out of the college football playoff, which means that someone else is going to be in the college football playoff. And right now we have, I believe, Georgia at one, Ohio State at two, uh, and then Michigan at three and TCU at four. And honestly, I'm okay with that. I don't really think that they're going to be two big 10 teams that will, uh, that will end up being in the college football playoff only because next week is rivalry Saturday and we have Ohio state Michigan, which is going to be so much more interesting than whoever I think Ohio state's playing Maryland. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Ohio state's playing Maryland at Maryland today. And then Michigan is hosting Illinois. So I, yeah, this week in college football is not very, uh, not very exciting. Alabama is playing Austin P at home. Um, Everybody else, the only huge matchups right now in uh, the top 25, at least, are Utah is going to Oregon. Uh, number 10, Utah is going to number 12, Oregon. And let's see if one of those teams can go and maybe make a bigger run to try to uh, try to make a name for themselves before all the big uh, college football uh, bowls come out and see if they can get into a better bowl. Um, along with that, uh, there is another top 25 matchup in uh, USC going to UCLA and USC being a one, uh, one loss team. I mean, they're still in the hunt for that uh, final college football playoff spot. So if they can go and get a big win on the road against UCLA um, and then maybe someone drops a random game uh, up towards the top, they could start sneaking up again. So, uh, anything can happen in that realm of the world. I'm very much still in, like I talked about last week, we talked about drafts, especially for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that I highlighted a really uh, good amount of players. So if you're listening now and you haven't tuned into that episode, go make sure to tune into that because I broke down all of how I feel uh, the Bengals should go in the 2023 draft. 
I think that we still need a whole lot of depth at wide receiver, even though we got a whole lot of a whole lot of Migos, RIP takeoff that that broke my heart. But we still have our Migos um, at the wide receiver position with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and of course Jamar Chase. And now that we see that there is still a glaring hole whenever one of those guys gets hurt and our offense doesn't really seem like it can function to the way that it should be functioning. I think that it's important for us to look at the fact that who do we have at that four spot, that five spot. I felt really safe when Auden Tate was at that four spot because he was a great four receiver for us. He would always get big production and he had a huge, huge frame. He had a big build. He was pretty athletic, pretty fast. He had a huge catch radius, which is incredible, especially when you have Joe Burrow throwing in the ball. Joe's going to put it in the spot for you, and he's going to be able to go and grab those uh, grab those balls in the air. So it's uh, I would like to have more wide receiver depth, considering we go Mike Thomas, and then I think Trenton Irwin is next on our – or it uh, might be Trent Taylor, but I, I'm pretty sure it's Trent Irwin. Uh, when you look down our depth chart, when it goes like four, five, six. And to me, that's not really something that I like to see because especially when Joe likes to go in empty set and he has a five receiver package. And even though some couple of those might be a running back or something like that, or like a Chris Evans or a Samaj P. Ryan or a Joe Mixon over there in the, in the slot on the other side, uh, mirroring Tyler or something like that. It's, it's still scary when you know that it's like, oh, okay, you have, Jamar C. Tyler, and then Joe, and then you can essentially not like, and and that's something where defenses are like, oh, you can't let that guy open because he's also going to be good, which is exactly why I think we should get more receiver depth. And that doesn't mean that I think we should go in the first round and grab someone or go even go to the second round and grab someone. I think it's like a third, a solid third, fourth round receiver who we can go and count on, on, like a second and four and we're trying to take a shot at the end zone. Maybe we're in, we're in uh, like short, short field right towards the end zone, 30 yard line, second and four. And we're really confident in our, uh, in our play scheme or something like that. And you just need that extra fourth guy to make a play for you consistently. Uh, And I'm not saying Mike Thomas isn't that guy. I'm just saying that I think we should get, a guy who's going to consistently put up numbers for us um, outside of Mike Thomas, because other than Mike Thomas, we don't really have anybody else who is going to put, put those numbers on the board and be able to score those points. So uh, you could argue Chris Evans, but obviously I think this, uh, this team or something has a vendetta against Chris Evans. He's gotten like zero snaps. It feels like, and I just don't really think he's the guy that, is going to unleash the offense. And I wish that he would. Um, I wish that we would call more schemes around him. I wish we would do something else around it, but that's why I'm sitting here. And uh, Zach Taylor and uh, Brian Callahan are sitting or standing on Sundays on the sideline calling plays because I'm not a coach. So it's, it's something that I, I would like to see a preference soon. I would like to see uh like to see us venture out and even in free agency next year, if we get like an old veteran, it honestly, like it, what I'm thinking of like is 
not to get AJ Green, but I'm saying like getting an AJ Green like player who's just going to sit in that four spot, four or five spots, get those reps, get those numbers, maybe show a couple glimpses of tape, and just like try to revitalize his career towards the end of his uh, end of his time and make himself relevant. And maybe go on a run next year because not saying that we're not going to go on a run this year because if I th- if I'm going to be completely honest, I think this team still set up for a run exactly like we did last year, but we're not ready to talk about that yet because we still got so many games coming. But back to the task at hand, I do think that we need to go and look at some more of that. We need to look at some more on offensive line depth, defensive tackle depth, corner depth, just a lot of depth in our team that our starters are so solid. But once those starters get hurt, we were very gracious that the injury bug didn't bite us last year. And I think it was it was very fortunately in our favor because a lot of teams did have the injury bug bite them, and uh, we didn't, and we just were able to come out on top. But I think it's a, important this year that we're going to need to show now that Cheeto's out, now that Jamar's been out for a couple weeks. We saw what happened when DJ Reader got out uh, when he was on IR. So uh, we obviously know what it's like when T. Higgins is hurt. He's had a couple games, not only this year, but last year and his rookie year where he hasn't been there. And it's he, he's an impactful player. So people like that are going to have to go and uh, not necessarily have their replacements, but have somebody who's next in line to the, who we're confident in who's going to be able to make that 85% of a T. Higgins player and 85% of a Jamar play. And I'm not asking for a second Jamar. I'm not asking for a second T. I'm not asking for any of that. Because that seems like overkill, especially with Amigos and everybody is already very tightly knit and we're a very huge confidence team. And I don't think that we need to go and have anybody go and disrupt the um, the the feel of the locker room per se. But I do think that it is important for us to go out and look at that playmaker either in free agency or the draft, a.k.a. I'm going to be on this until the day I die. Cincinnati Bengals draft Jameer Gibbs. I beg you, please, he is my draft crush. Please draft Jameer Gibbs. I would love to see him in our backfield, and I would love to see what uh, Brian Callahan or if he ends up being an NFL head coach, whoever ends up being our offensive coordinator next year, and I would love to see how those guys take him into the locker room with such a dynamic playmaker. So moving on, um, that's going to be my final rant for this um, episode about the Bengals drafting Jameer Gibbs because I will bang that door until it is closed. I swear, if we don't draft Jameer Gibbs, look at it. Watch the tape. Please, I beg all of you, watch the tape on Jameer Gibbs. He's so good. Even when he was at Georgia Tech, he put Georgia Tech on the map. He he honestly should have been a Heisman contender last year, and he was on Georgia Tech. He made a Georgia Tech team look semi-competent because you put a Ferrari, you put a Ferrari engine in a 1997 Toyota Camry with Bill O'Brien at the helm, and we're still scoring over 30 points a game. I swear to God, Bill O'Brien might be the most incompetent offensive coordinator in all of college football, maybe outside of Iowa. But when you put Jameer Gibbs in there, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Think about what Jameer Gibbs can do in space with an NFL offensive line and a competent offensive coordinator think about it think about what happens if you get the ball with him in space i'm sorry i'll be done with it but 
That man is incredible. I've been watching him week after week. He's just a playmaker. He hits the hole hard. He's a great runner of the football. He catches the ball well. He can go out wide. He goes out wide and makes wide receiver catches. But anyway, okay, I'm done with that. I'm done with the Jameer Gibbs rant for this week. We're going to move on. On to week one revenge game, baby. If you guys tuned in to the Wincinnati podcast, we were talking a lot about week one revenge game. And I don't really think it's a week one revenge game as much as it is a get on track game. Because for as much as I don't want to underestimate the Steelers, and I won't because there have been too many years where I've done that and we've gotten screwed, a.k.a. the 2016 playoff game. No one wants me to talk about it, so I won't. That's about all I'm going to say on the topic. But going into this game, Joe Burrow's not going to have four interceptions. We're not going to have five turnovers. It's 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 so rare that that happens. It's it, it was easily Joe's worst game as a quarterback, and we have DJ Reader back, and I know we don't have Cheeto, but the Steelers don't have Clay, Chase Claypool. I mean, it's and. I'm not saying that our cornerbacks are bad. I don't think they're bad at all, but, uh, and we have safety help. And I think it, it would be helpful if Dax would be putting the, putting the rotation a little bit. I just need Cam to be a little bit less, uh, less physical because he gets burned a lot, uh, when he tries to get physical and it looks, it looks very terrible on tape. But, um, I think for our offense to not do what, we did last week. Joe's just going to have to play better. I mean, our defense is going to play fine. We gave up what? I think seven points that were actually points, not off turnovers in that game. And so it was final score was 23, 20, but it should have been like 40 to five. It's that's how bad that game should have been for us. We should have absolutely demolished this team. And I understand that TJ Watt's going to be a game wrecker and Lyle Collins is going to have to step up and we're going to have a huge matchup out on that outside. And he's going to be really important for us. But I think the number one thing that we need to focus on is Joe needs to play better. Joe needs to take care of the ball, everything like that. Just Joe Burrow. And two, our linebackers and defensive backs need to play their butts off because our defensive line has been very good. Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard are dogs. We know that DJ reader is a dog. J two Faley has been a dog. And obviously we have Zach Carter and Joseph Osai in the rotation and other people like that. I think it's going to be really important. For them to get in as well, get some pressures, get some, like, just make Kenny Pickett feel uncomfortable. It's it, it's so important, especially for a rookie quarterback, for the defense to make him feel uncomfortable. And the way that they're going to do that is, excuse me, the linebackers are going to have to stop everything in the box, and our defensive backs are going to have to play some Unfortunately, I hate it, but we're going to have to play some zones where you're going to have to make Kenny Pickett think. You're going to have to change up your change up your looks after the snap. You're going to have to go and shift into a whole bunch of different zones and it, you're going to have to get him confused because you can't show him, you can't play what you show him pre-snap. Because if you do, he's going to pick you apart unfortunately because he's a college quarterback, right? 
like he's he just got out of the college and he's he's still semi decent. I I don't like Kenny. I don't think he's very good personally, but that's not something that I really want to dive into because I don't really want to talk too much about like what I think is going to happen because when that happens, I feel like I jinx us, but I'm not going to go and think about jinxes right now. I'm we're going to talk about what we need to do as a team. We can't shoot ourselves in the foot again. And I think it's pretty God gosh, darn simple when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, think about all the times we shot ourselves in the foot week one, especially, especially week one with the five, five turnovers, four interceptions by Joe. Joe's going to have to just not, not turn the ball over where we can't give anyone the time of day. We're going to have to run the ball. Well, Joe Mixon's going to have to show me again, why he deserved his new contract and why we shouldn't draft Jameer Gibbs, even though I totally a hundred percent think we should, but it's, we're going to have to go out and kick some butt and we can go into how in depth the numbers look and blah 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 but very rarely do AFC North matchups ever get down to the numbers. I'm sorry. They just don't. It's not how this division works. It's never been how it works. It's always emotionally driven and these guys need to be confident and these guys need to know that hey, we are the best players on the field. We're going to go and dominate this team who's already 3 and 6, whose playoff hopes are essentially out the window. So why not just go beat on a beat up on them while they're down. And I think that needs to be our entire thought process and feel going into this game is just let's beat up on the teams that are down right now. It's going to be so important for us to go and beat teams like this. I mean, who do we have left on the schedule? We have, um, obviously we have the Steelers this week. We have the Titans next week. And then we go to can, uh, no, we host Kansas City, and then we host Cleveland, we go to Tampa Bay, we go to New England, we host Buffalo, and then we host Baltimore. So we have the last, I think, after Tennessee. So after these next two weeks, we have one, two, four out of the six games. We're splitting home and away for the second half of the season, but it's going to feel like we're – we're going to have to play every game like it's a playoff game. It doesn't matter whether home or away. It doesn't matter who who we're playing against or who's the quarterback. It doesn't matter how good the defense is. It doesn't matter if it's Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or if it's Kenny Pickett. We're going to have to play these games like they're playoff games, and we have to show that thinking back to Will Anderson, and I think that he might be the number one overall draft pick, but Will Anderson takes – takes the thought process of I see it as disrespectful when you walk onto the field and you want to play against us. And I think that is exactly how we need to go into this game thinking that it is disrespectful for Pittsburgh fans to even think that after what happened week one, the fact that we had our long snapper hurt and now we had to lose by three points, even though we should have won 500 other times. Like, it's disrespectful that you really think that our teams are that close. And it's disrespectful that it, it should be disrespectful to the Cincinnati Bengals team that the Pittsburgh Steelers even walked onto the field and wanted to play them. Because it it shouldn't even be a thought process on, okay, I'm going to kick your effing A 
every snap. Every snap. It needs to be like that. We need to have, like, yes, revenge game, but also, like, they should take this personally. Like, this is a personal vendetta for the Cincinnati Bengals team. Never should you ever be disrespected at home at week one like you did that week. They bought air black Air Force Ones. They did all this stuff just to beat the Bengals. Are you kidding me? That is disrespectful to us and to our fan base and all those Pittsburgh fans who are going to go and talk crap before the game, who are going to go blah, 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 blah. This is exactly what I want to do. We'll just wait until the clock gets zero. We'll just wait until the clock at zero because guess what? It is disrespectful for everyone in Pittsburgh and every Pittsburgh fan alive to try to disrespect the Cincinnati Bengals team, especially when they have who they have right now. And I get TJ Watt. I get Alex Highsmith. And our offensive line is going to have to play incredible, a lot better than they did week one. And part of that was part of that was how Joe struggled because he didn't. He wasn't comfortable. He came off an appendix surgery. It's going to be a whole different week, and this team needs to feel like it is disrespectful. White Tiger disrespect, because we're going to be in those White Tiger uniforms. We're going to walk into Akershire, and we're going to take the field that's ours. We're going to, it's disrespectful for, I, I keep saying it, but it is. It's disrespectful for the Steelers team to think that they even have a chance in it. They need to go and pound that team into the dust. They need to be non-existent. They need to make make Kenny Pickett cry like Derek Carr did. Like it needs to be not fun for them. Everyone talks about like how Alabama beats up on teams and how we have a knack for doing all that. Like it Nick Saban murder ball, but Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow murder ball. Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Murder Ball, Dare, DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, Murder Ball. Like straight up, no, no mercy. This is the it's how the game is gonna go, and it's how we're gonna have to go and bounce back. So we we have to continue to go into other people's places. Like we're gonna have to go into the into Tennessee the week after and play an, essentially another playoff game from the divisional round last year. So, yes, we have a gauntlet for these last eight games, but honestly, I wouldn't want it any other way. This is a this is an opportunity for this team to prove themselves and for this team to show that they shouldn't be disrespected anymore. Everybody's telling them that they're out for the count. We were in the same spot last year, and this team knew exactly what they need to do they didn't know last year and they know now. So I think it is super important for this team to go into Akershire this weekend and just absolutely dominate the football on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, special teams. It doesn't even matter. I don't really care. I want everything to just be straight up murder ball. Just go, 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 go fast, start fast end, foot on the gas pedal every week. It doesn't even matter. Like it's, it's go time. So going into this final stretch of games, it's going to be really important for all of us to go and be on how we want to be. And we need to go. And obviously everybody needs to do their jobs, focus on fundamentals. But yes, this is going to be a huge game for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we need to be able to just grab wins like this. It, it doesn't matter who your opponent is. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the line of scrimmage. You're going to beat their butts for 60 straight minutes. So 
Uh, that being said, thank you so much for joining in on my murder ball rant. I appreciate all of you guys who tune in every week. I appreciate everyone who who likes the content and continues to listen and enjoy. Thank you so much. I will go and let y'all enjoy college football and let you enjoy this Sunday at Akershire. It's going to be cold. It's going to be AFC North football. Everything's going to be so great. I appreciate all of you for listening. Please make sure to check me out at the new Wincy show. Reach out to me and reach out to me personally at new Wincy G. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let's go and I'll see you next week. Who day? Good morning, afternoon, evening to whenever you guys are listening to this. Let's get this dub and good night.